listen to The Kind New to Brank and the Garbage Witch Explore the World and Share It With You, episode 12, in which uh, I am driving the Garbage Witch to the airport for our separation. Uh, and I'm a little bit Nostradamus. I predict that, uh, well, you'll see. <laughs> I'm wrong about something, so but uh it's nice to hear us joyful enjoy <laughs> it's already recording now it uh, is now it is yeah uh welcome to the 11th or 12th number placeholder number i'll edit it and record a famous person saying the number. Okay, sounds good. Um, this is our last podcast for a little bit. Uh, we're sitting in the middle of Carlton Place, Ontario, which is a town near the town that I've moved to. And uh, the Garbage Witch has spent... Oh, I should probably tell you what this is. <laughs> Welcome to the Kind New to Brink and the Garbage Witch explore the world and share it with you podcast um this is an odd podcast because um we're we're gonna be separated for a little bit me and you yeah we're driving to the airport we're driving to the ottawa airport uh, it's just outside of the national capital of canada um i'm back in canada after spending six years in seattle which was all of the things. There was so much amazing and also hard things that happened in Seattle. Um, And now I'm back uh, in the town that I chose as my heart home about 2007. I'm seeing it for the first time. Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised by the Home Depot and this is not, this Carlton Place is not where we live. Staples. <laughs> Carlton Place is the town over. Carlton Place is the town with the Walmart and the Giant Tiger. I'm more surprised that they are in Canada at all. Shopper. <laughs> oh, right, you're having culture shock. Yeah, but like reverse culture shock? Or it's like, oh no. There's no reverse culture shock. <laughs> but it's like, oh we no, there's the not thing. difference. There is a difference. I mean, there's in the buildings. Oh no, that's the culture shock. The culture shock is that Canada and America aren't that different. Oh yeah. Right? You're like, you're going to come over here and you're going to be like, what? Everyone still speaks the same language for the most part. A lot of us speak French too. I learned about Pogo. Oh right. We went for dinner at, and there was a wait at the restaurant in my little town of 4,000 people. What was that all about? I don't know. I think that something is happening in that town and it's burgeoning. Uh, so that people are coming there because I don't ever remember having to wait at that restaurant uh, six years ago. But it's exciting. Yeah. Like when we were having, we waited, but we, instead of waiting at the restaurant, we decided to go across the street. And there's a new gallery, an art gallery, on the main street of the little town. Yeah, they had the standard art gallery food. They did. They had wine and crackers and yeah. cheese. Yeah, it was amazing though. And uh, we, my littlest child, my both my children love art so much. Um, and I think it's probably uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree kind of thing where I just, I love art. <laughs> I've been commissioning art since I was really young. And I, I drew a horse head when I was six years old. And it was so perfect, I thought. 
And I remember putting it behind the record player and being like, I'm never going to draw again because that's as perfect as I could ever draw. <laughs> I'm serious. I drew my masterpiece at six years old and I gave up drawing, but I still loved art so much. And I remember when I was, I think, 12 years old, I moved to the Paw, Manitoba, and I was making friends, and uh, I was obsessed with dragons and unicorns. I still like them a lot, <laughs> to be fair. But and I would always ask people to draw me a dragon or a unicorn, and I would pay them whatever money I had for my allowance, like $5. Um, and I pay people to make me art, and I put the art on my walls. And I still have a pile somewhere at my house in, in northern Manitoba of this art that I commissioned. And so um, the whole point of us moving to this small town and just outside of Ottawa is that we're hoping to have a, a kind new to break and garbage witch store venue slash gathering space for for the strange weirdos who make stuff. Yeah. And the strange weirdos who want to support people who make stuff. Apparently they exist nearby because the art gallery had strange weirdos. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, there was so much fish head people. Incredible and art there. Pumpkin head people. Yeah, my littlest child, was. A, there was a wall of heart rocks that had like weird pictures on them and it was a, a mosaic of heart rocks, I guess. And, um, but the woman standing behind us, when my child was like fawning over this wall of heart rocks, she said, look, if you back up a little bit, you can see something. And through her camera, you could see that it was, a. Uh, the face of the the artist is a child, so he had made this giant mosaic, this incredible, beautiful mosaic of a picture of him, a portrait of him as a child, but like from far away, and you couldn't see it in the gallery. Yeah, you couldn't get far away enough. You couldn't get far enough. But the yeah. lensing on a camera made it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was so cool. And then, yeah, there were fish head, uh, bronze statues, brass statues, I don't know what they were. They, yeah. It was really cool. So... But yeah, and I mean, that's heartening to go into a town, um, because a lot of small towns across both of our countries, I think, are dying. Yeah. And this is not one of them. This town has this, like, ember, coal heart, and it's just, someone is breathing breath on it, and it's it's on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that fire sometimes comes with shitty teenagers who sit on bridges and make fun of your haircut. Did you hear them? No. <laughs> Those the teenagers that were throwing things down. Yeah. They, when we got far enough, I assume it was about you because my hair is not awesome anymore. Uh-huh. And they said, nice haircut. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and they, I mean, they might have actually meant it because it's friendly. <laughs> they were just like, we can't tell you up close because we'll cry. <laughs> and we like it. It might have been that. I don't know. I haven't been there in six years, and so maybe the teenagers have gotten meaner, but in the back of the day, the teenagers were so nice, they would smile at you in the streets. Oh. So, it could be that they just couldn't bring themselves to tell you, because your haircut is pretty awesome. What do they look like? I don't know. They were on top of the bridge. Oh. They were like trolls, but up, like opposite trolls. They are like the people who sit on the bridge and yell nice things at you. <laughs> I think over trolls might like be into this style. <laughs> When I was a kid, I drew monsters all you, the time. Did you? Yeah. We probably would have been friends when we were kids. Yeah. I would buy your monster pictures. I told you about... I was in some kind of 
like after school drawing class mm-hmm. and my art teacher um, I don't know for some reason all of the teachers I have in a certain, beyond a certain age or when you were younger or older younger like before 10 or something right in my memory they're all Scatman Crothers from The Shining <laughs> which I have not seen so I don't know who that is I don't know why but like a whole bunch of teachers have been replaced with that character in your in your brain yeah so um I I made a little booklet of like Godzilla monster type creatures uh-huh. and somebody I don't know why somebody told me to all fuzzy but someone told me to give it to the teacher and have them like critique it or something oh when you were little yeah and I didn't want to oh but then I did it anyway (laughs) and teacher sat there looking through this little booklet of like child drawn monster pictures Uh and even then I could tell they didn't know what to do about it they're like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, it's another... I mean, whatever, there was comic books what back then. What is this then. one, a monster? Okay. <laughs> I... And it back to me, like, okay, well, thanks for showing me that. Aww. I don't think they actually said that. No. But they didn't, like, offer... Any critique? No. Oh. <laughs> That's I remember that being the most intensely embarrassing moment of my life. At the time. At the time. Yeah, I don't know why exactly. Well, because you cared about it. I guess. And then that person didn't give you the feedback that you were looking for. I didn't even want them, I didn't want to show it to them. Right, but someone told you that you yeah. should. That it said that you took someone's encouragement and then the thing that they said would happen didn't happen. I guess, even if it did happen, I wouldn't have liked that, I think. You wouldn't have liked it either? Yeah. There was no way you could win that situation? I think it was just sharing something private right. to me. Uh-huh against my will against that your holds. will yeah that's sad yeah I don't know yeah I love sad monsters <laughs> yeah. like, y'all. that's my jam and I didn't realize how far back my love of sad monsters went until I was reading you that paragraph or that whole chapter of the book last night oh right of my favorite book which was The Farthest Away Mountain by Lynn Reed Banks mm-hmm. and like you had it you didn't know what the book was about at all no I've never heard of it right and I just was like can I read you my favorite chapter my favorite chapter just happened to start on page 42 yeah not joking so weird you didn't know about that no I didn't know about that because cool. I hadn't read Douglas Adams until after uh, I read that because I was 12 years old when I read uh, The Farthest Away Mountain and I think I read The Hitchhiker's Guide to um, to the galaxy when I was 14. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of when my love of the number 42 and um, just weird. I don't know. Everything is connected is what I'm finding out. <laughs> that my whole personality uh, sad monsters and artists. I think it's just that I let things happen instead of forcing them to happen. Like that I don't have a, a real path. I'm a very, I'm much, I'm very much the Dirk Gently of art and performance. Yeah. <laughs> and, and friendship. That I just follow the paths where I'm a leaf in the stream of art existence. Yeah. <laughs> People, yeah. It 
one of my friends uh, back in the small town where I'm moving uh, was the bookstore owner and I was in, really into spoken word poetry at the time and I was organizing spoken word poetry events and I was doing a lot of poetry writing, I was teaching poetry, I was helping to organize national festivals and he was doing a, a program in uh, a religious college wanted to be a, like a religious counselor or something and he said do you mind if I write a paper on you I'm writing a paper on people and they're calling and he wrote a whole paper on me and he said that my calling was spoken word poetry and I got up in arms a little bit because I was like what <laughs> no it's not and then I looked back at my life that he had known and since he'd known me like I moved to Ottawa uh, the first weekend I was there, I volunteered for a spoken word festival. I was already really liked spoken word poetry, and I, I volunteered, and then I just didn't stop doing spoken word poetry for the entire time I was here. So to him, that's what it looked like, right? That I was spoken word poetry, but that's not my calling. My calling is organizing community, <laughs> community, and so it's hard to kind of be back here because. When I left, like, I was a poet, but when I moved, I was like, what's my new thing? Yeah. And I did comedy and storytelling and art organizing and stuff, and I don't want to lose that part. I don't want to just come back and then have people expect me to do poetry again when I want to do all of the things. Mm-hmm. Do you plan to do all of those other things here? Do I plan it? I do. Okay. Are we not going to have a venue? <laughs> we are. A venue? And, yeah, no. Well, I, I feel like I'm, I, as I get older, I, like, I've always wanted to have a venue. Mm-hmm. Like, I was 16 years old in a class. It was like, a, my, my science teacher taught it, and it was in French, and we had to come up with an idea of, like, a business. And my business, me and my friend had a business that was just a giant cup. A giant cup? It was, it was, the building was a cup, and oh. there was no name on it. I thought it was like you held out a cup on the streets. <laughs> no, no, it was a cup, and, and inside there was like coffee and tea and, and, and performances and stuff. Like, I've always, this is what I've always wanted to do, and I think a lot of people give up on their dreams, but I just gradually move towards them like a vacuum cleaner, mm-hmm. amassing all of the tiny bits that I need. Like a, a void, <laughs> sucking things up. Yeah, circling around the torrent, torrential whirlpool. Yeah, totally. And eventually, it's gonna, ha- it's gonna happen. And it, I mean, the thing about having a venue and a store and like a space is that it takes money, and producing and, and event organizing. Nothing I do <laughs> makes money. And anything that does make money that I do, it sort of starts to feel gross. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't, I wish that someone would just pay me to do the things that I do, but not tell me that they're paying me. Yeah. When I was 18, I got a job at a jewelry factory um, doing everything. They were, like, exploiting me because I didn't know anything about um, how work world works. Totally. They're just like, can you do this? And you're like, yeah. And then they had me doing graphic design. For no money, probably. Well, it was $8 per hour. What? Yeah. 
and then also data entry and packing jewelry into bags and I didn't know that you're not supposed to actually do your job like and finish it because then they'll have you do other things that's not you shouldn't finish your job because they have you do other things yeah if you're a moral person I'm a moral person yeah me too that's why I did it and still right. do it no yeah and people get mad at me all the time yeah for like doing things but the graphic design part yeah I liked it at the time doing it by myself right and then I hated it after doing it for money oh I see what you mean yeah well and people want you to do it a certain way yeah exactly it's like organizing my wedding was amazing organizing someone else's wedding is difficult because it was exit 142 um Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and we are passing Appleton Road. No way, really? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but everything I do is holistic. Yeah. It is. It's just like, what do I need to be and do now? And the reason I'm back in Canada is because um, my husband, the father of my children, wants to be here. And I, I don't know, I think it's a good idea have people around you be happy. Yeah. This, the directions keep on saying, keep left, but I'm, I'm very left and I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it doesn't have anything except keep left. Right. I feel like I may have taken this direction farther back somewhere. Uh, maybe. But, I don't know. You can get to the airport from anywhere in Ottawa. After driving across the country in America for seven or eight days, um, I could care less what the Canadian people behind me are mad about. Uh (laughs) I'm just like, what are you going to do, shoot me? No, you're not, because you're not American, so what? I'm not not afraid of you Canadians. Coming back from (laughs) a war? It is a little bit. Uh I was always slightly afraid that someone was going to shoot me. In America, even though I live in Seattle, which is like the not shoot capital of America, like yeah. people don't shoot each other there. It's not very common. Um, I lived in a pretty <laughs> shooty place, and I never even got shot in Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah, no, I know, but there's this mythology, right? And it just—it's always in your ears. And there's mass shootings like once a week or whatever. It's—I mean—it's gotten to the point where it has been. Yeah. There's, there's just something on the news about someone getting shot on a daily basis sometimes. and But, I mean, it's a giant country. It's like me and my family. My dad had... 
his dad was the eldest of 22 children. So, and then my dad has 75 cousins. So for a while, my dad would just call me and tell me someone had died every day because there's so many of them. Yeah. Not every day because that would be a lot. But like our family is so gigantic and that's what America, the United States of America is like. It's just so huge that of course someone's going to be killing someone somewhere, some place on a daily basis. Because there's just an enormous amount of Americans. My phone has started redirecting to Canadian Google News. Oh yeah. And <laughs> there's no shooting. No, the t- like in the top <laughs> top headlines, there's one was there's a pretty severe car crash in Toronto, and um, somebody's protesting the pipeline here. Yes, there's there's always a pipeline protest in Canada at some point. Yeah, because everyone's trying to. There's always the government's always trying to put a pipeline in somewhere, and there are a lot of people who say no. <laughs> Let's stop messing up our our natural lands so that you can drive your car. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So you're right. Like, I feel less afraid just automatically. Like, when I was being tailgated in America, I was always slightly afraid that someone was going to stop me and shoot me. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever I saw two pickup trucks pulled over the side of a barren road, I didn't think, oh, they're talking because of friendship. I thought, that guy pissed that guy off and someone's getting killed right now. I should probably note the... Uh, exit where we're at. Yeah. So just in case I have to be like, oh no, I saw that. I witnessed that guy leaning into that guy's truck. And that, like, you don't realize how it affects you until you're not there. I wonder what those people were doing because there were I don't know, a few occasions when there were two pickup trucks on the side of the road with people. Right, and I mean, they were just probably farmer friends or something. I guess. Is that what farmer friends do? They're just like, I mean, in Canada, hang out, yes, they do. They go hang, hang out on the side highway. of the road. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, so it's like hanging out down by the river. Yes. It <laughs> doesn't matter what the flow is, whether right. it's cars or water. Totally. But I lived in a bubble when I lived in Seattle. And I had, I knew such amazing people and all of the things that I'd been taught about Americans. And how they were self-centered and capitalist and didn't think about anybody else but themselves. And, and mean wasn't true. Yeah. And it makes me so mad that there's this culture of separation between Canada and the United States of America. And then both countries think they're better than the other country. Yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. I was talking the other day about how weird it is that if you're traveling through Europe or something like that, that if you're 10 feet away from a border, like if you just walk another 10 feet, suddenly everyone speaks another language. Right. Doesn't like (laughs) each other. But do they, like, why is that? Why is this the case? show, like we just turned on the radio and someone was talking about how um, the Russians had maybe helped orchestrate Brexit. And I was like, oh, another conspiracy theory podcast. And then it turned out to be NPR. (laughs) And it was like this woman who legitimately looked into it and found that Russia, the Russians, but probably not the Russians, probably the Russian government. You know what I mean? There's probably people in Russia are thoughtful and kind and making art like Pussy Riot who loathe what their government is doing in the name of the people. And this is what makes me so mad is that there's kind, wonderful, thoughtful artists and people artists are people but 
a separate kind of people. <laughs> caring the best about aren't. caring about the what happens in these governments. Oh, <laughs> I didn't mean to get into politics on our last day <laughs> together. But it's just, I'm so frustrated. I just want people to get along. And, like, the culture of division and the idea that, like, now that England is not, like, Britain isn't a part of, of the European nation and, like, that um, the current president, it's 2018 in case you're listening back to this later, uh, the current president uh, is, like, rah, rah, Russia, rah, rah, North Korea, which, yeah, sure, but don't boo your allies (laughs) like if you're actually intending to bring people together bring people together don't be like oh Russia's better than you now like (laughs) like it's messed up out there right now it's messed up the the world is a complete and total mess and that is part of the reason that I came back to Canada because Canada is also a mess like the province of Ontario elected a premier who wants to roll back the progress that's been made in the last 30 years. Like, I have to go look into his policies, but I I am so... Like, what's Canada? <laughs> is it another populist candidate or whatever? It is like a populist candidate, yeah. Is but, it Russia? No. Oh, why would Russia even care about Ontario? No? But, and this is the thing, I don't want to blame everything on Russia because can't how do I say it the villain only takes what's there yeah the villain doesn't make it the villain just stirs the pot you know what I mean yeah it's weird to blame Russia for something that you're doing yes exactly that that there's that when you are doing horrible things when you're but it's, it's, it's like the gargoyles in the farthest away mountain. Right? Russia is? No. The people who are being affected by Russia. Oh, yeah. Like, that Russia's character. the witch on the top the of the witch. mountain. That was it. The, the witch of the many colored, many colored clothing witch. She, like, dyes the mountain different colors, and, like, each color is, like, horrible things that can affect you. But. So. The gargoyles, which when the main character interacts with them, she says to them, I know you're not actually cruel. I know that your cruelty comes because you're sad. And I think there's a large population and portion of the country, in every country, everywhere right now, that is just so sad that they're being affected by opiate crises and, uh, and not enough jobs or... Uh, a lack of um, people listening to them and that's everyone Yeah. and instead of listening to everyone the president of the United States currently just listened to one part of everyone instead of going around and being like how can we work together he just chose one portion of the sad public and said hey you know what's happening Someone else is taking your job. Someone else is making you take opioids. <laughs> Instead of being like, hey, let's all take a hard look at the structures in place that make 
all this stuff happened. This sounds like a conspiracy period podcast. And this is really about kindness. <laughs> but kindness, I think this is the root of it is like listening and then looking at all the things that have made things horrible for people. It's complicated world though. It's so complicated. We've like made it even so understanding those structures, like we were saying before, getting an engineering degree to understand what's going on anywhere. <laughs> right. If there was an apocalypse. Like... Oh, on your bookshelf. Yes. I guess are those books like the possessions of the homeowner? Yes. Oh, uh, there was one that I I we think it was called. We moved into a furnished home while we wait for our houses to be built. Yeah. And then books on the shelf. There's one on the shelf I read a little bit. Uh-huh. I think it was called The Unconscious Civilization or something like that. The Unconscious Civilization. It was about how um, all of politics is largely influenced by specialists and lobby, lobby groups um, because everything is so complex that you have to have them involved in making practical decisions. Right, because you need someone to be researching what needs to be done, yeah. which is what lobbyists do. And most of them don't get paid to do it. Exactly. Some of them do, like the ones that are paid by corporations. But like the, my friends who are lobbyists who are working on getting uh, free internet for everybody, that it yeah. should be a public service and not something you pay for. Some of them just try to like help people get their social security check right. if it's delayed or something. Exactly. There's, I mean, there's a lot of really good people out there working on things and um, I think we forget how powerful those people are yeah. like the people who have the time and the energy to help other people are the ones making the actual difference and that um, yeah yeah like it's it, happening it's still happening is there any group of people whose explicit goal is to uh, take the complexity and try to render it in some form that's like both accurate and understandable to non-specialists I don't know like a layman's book of how to make the world a better place yeah exactly <laughs> right without biases though like who are the people who are thinking what is a better place right like if it was me my focus would be on kindness and uh, getting people what they need and trying to figure that out and, and, and that's not everybody's goal yeah like if the biases are the points at which you have to make a moral judgment. Right. Then just render everything where it's like, this is what's happening. If you make this moral judgment, then this is the consequence. I accidentally like, took you into Ottawa and Stankington are taking you around Ottawa. So here it is. Here's Ottawa. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can see downtown from here. Uh-uh. But I used to live just off of Bronson Avenue, um, up on Gilmore. Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah. But yeah, if you look to your left right now, you might be able to see some of the National Capitol buildings, or at least the spires, because they're over there by the water. Um, uh, no, I don't think you can, because apparently Ottawa has built the buildings taller than the National Capitol buildings, which, whatever. Oh, this building right here, though. Um, no, no, it's not that. Mm -hmm. There's There's a building near here that is an exact... Uh, model replica of the Parliament buildings but on a smaller scale and it's the Science Museum. Hmm. I know this because I took a tour guiding class in Ottawa. <laughs> in Las Vegas they have a tiny scale model of New York. Really? Where you gamble. Oh no, you're right. They do. They have tiny model scales of everything. Uh, Paris. Um, but yeah, but it's it's actually uh, 
a mirror image and set back. And so, like, if you looked at it and there were no buildings in between, you could probably see, like, they would be facing each other. Hmm. And one is a baby version. Mm-hmm. But it's beautiful. Looks like we're 12 minutes away from the airport. I know. Should we wrap up? Do you want to do you want to play the the song? Oh yeah. We wrote a song last night when I thought that the garbage witch was breaking up with me. <laughs> they said I was like, "Oh, I hear we were just lying next to each other and I just said, um, I can hear this song. Like the song What did I say? It was like you could hear it. I don't know if it was the scent the fan noises or just the ambient sound in the room or what right but um yeah you were hearing a thing through it right and I was like this would make a good ending song and then you started to transpose uh the song that I was hearing into caustic yeah the sequencer music sequencer program caustic Mm -hmm. and you got it and then (laughs) You said something about it being our end credits. Yeah. And I didn't realize you were referring to the podcast end credits. I thought you were referring to the fact that we were breaking up. And I, I took it pretty well, I think. Sure. I didn't even know that's what your interpretation was until the next morning. Right. Um, so I have it. I have the end credits here. Oh, I can play them? You can play them? Yeah. Oh, so I don't even get them? Nope. But you can play them while we're talking? Yeah, I think so. Really? That's magic. I feel like that's magic. It's, it is. But, um, I don't know. <laughs> because it's our last podcast for a little while. Um, like, I'm hoping that we'll do a podcast on the way to Salem. Because we're intending to take my children uh, to Salem. Right? Yeah, I assume we can do a podcast then. Right. Uh, and then... I do some more podcasts when I'm back in Seattle in November for my friend Casey Vidal's Good Morning, the, the Museum of Grieving for a month. Oh, yeah. And then hopefully by Christmas, you'll be able to come back to Canada and live here. Yeah. And that is five months away. And we're going to write letters back and forth mm-hmm. and be old school. Yeah. My children are like, my littlest especially is like super gonna desperately miss you (laughs) and it's hard being a parent and being away I imagine my dad was away a lot when I was a little girl a little kid um because he worked elsewhere and but I mean time passes passes and it gives you something to look forward to and I think like the it's so strange our love that it'll be able to survive a five-month period of, like, withdrawal. Yeah, definitely. Plus, we'll get to talk on the phone, old-school style, and uh, things will happen, and we'll get to tell stories about them. Mm -hmm. And we get to spend the last nine days completely together. Yeah. I'm still trying to find the theme song. The end credits. I have it. Do you want me to find it? Sure. Okay. So, uh, thank you for listening to our weird podcast, which got real personal, um, this last episode. Uh, but I think that that's an important part of podcasting. It's like... Oh, I found it. Wait, is it? Ah! Sorry. 
<laughs> We're driving in a car, and I just, I was playing with my phone, and I should not have been. So, um, this is better. Uh, so, I think maybe our sign-off should be, this too shall pass, <laughs> and uh, be kind to each other, and if you are ever in need of a friend, uh, maybe find some weird place, go to it, and see if that's where you belong. And someday, hopefully that weird place will be our weird place, where you can come and have a cup of weird coffee, <laughs> and make art, and uh, see a, a, a storytelling show, or just talk to the person behind the cashier register who uh, cares about you. Thank you for listening to episode 12 of The Kind of Brank and the Garbage Witch Explore the World and Share It With You. Stay tuned for episode 13 in which the Garbage Witch and the Kind of Brank meet up in Vancouver, BC. And have a nice time. <laughs> a nice time. Anyway, enjoy. Or whatever. What do you say at the end of these things? I don't remember. <laughs> I just fizzle out. That's fair. Have a good night. Or day. Or whatever.